just already a bit yellow blood in my in my veins. Already had a crazy 18 months here, but it just keeps on uh, keeps on going. Welcome to All in Yellow, the official Norwich City podcast. Tuki, sensational! Who else? Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the All in Yellow podcast. Who can believe we're already at episode six? We hope you've enjoyed the previous episodes as we've had some great guests and our next one is another who's seen it all in Norfolk. Dan and I welcome Norwich City legend Darren Huckabee to the show this week. He talks to us about when he first joined the club, his controversial departure, coaching at the club's academy and much more. But before we get started, make sure you subscribe to All in Yellow on all of your usual podcast channels. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. So without further ado, let's get cracking with episode six of All in Yellow. Today's guest is Darren Huckabee. Huck, so good to have you join us on the All in Yellow podcast today. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's good to do a podcast. I've been turning them away for the last three months. Ah, waiting for like lockdown to me. So, yeah, this is my first one for a while. Good. Well, we'll take you right back to the very beginning. Was it always the dream to be a footballer? I would say a dream because, you know, not many make it. I come from a kind of rough council estate in Nottingham, so it wasn't on everyone's uh, first choices. But lucky for me, you know, I always had that kind of aim to get get there in the end and Lucky, lucky, my dad knew somebody at Lincoln that got me started. Really. What were your early memories of playing for Lincoln? Well, I can remember at 16, probably 13 or 14 clubs turning me down. So those are too small. So all of my local clubs around me, so Sheffield United, both Nottingham clubs, Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham, all them kind of teams I went to to trial and they said it probably too small. How did that feel? Not great, considering that that's all you ever wanted to do since you were probably five or six. You must have still been rapid at that age, though. <laughs> I, I kind of wasn't, to be honest with you. I was really sharp, but I was a bit smaller. I'm not the tallest now, but I was probably two or three inches smaller than I am now. So I kind of, not struggled, but I was more of like a, a fox in the box. Jamie Curtin type of player mm-hmm. was really sharp. I, I got to 16, 17, grew a couple of inches then. Yeah, didn't we all? Yeah. <laughs> got, this, <laughs> got this ridiculous pace from, from somewhere. Oh, and, that I didn't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and kind of changed my game. So... Lucky for me, you know, at Lincoln, my dad knew the the youth team manager, which was Keith Alexander, I think mm-hmm. late great Keith Alexander, and he gave me a chance. Scored, I think I scored uh, six in the in the trial game, nice. and I signed and signed the next day. Yeah, that so. it, yeah. Where did the determination come from then? Obviously, you suffered quite a few setbacks on your way to, to getting that first contract. I just just probably wasn't good at anything else. That probably helped, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just you know, I knew I knew I. I was a good player. You, you normally are. You know, if you're at that kind of level when you're a bit younger, you know you're half decent. But there's being half decent, and then there's kind of kicking on to the next level. So you just got to work hard. You just got to work hard and hopefully get your chance. And then when you get your chance, you've got you've got to you know, kick on. You know, I scored a lot of goals in the youth team. Fought, I think, 20 season. Scored on my debut for the first team. Wow. So that's always a good start. I think you know, as soon as you get your start, you take your chance and then you, you go from there. Yeah, and you really did take your chance. And then along came Newcastle, was it after that? Yeah, I played probably 25 games for for Lincoln and I was told I was either going to go to Man United or Newcastle. So, uh-huh. and we were bottom of the third division at the time. It's quite a jump. Yeah, Newcastle were top of the Premier League and <laughs> Manchester United <laughs> were second. So that was a you know a bit of a cool shock. How did that feel, knowing that you were in the mix to join one of those clubs? It was, it was really weird because I... Was going to, I think was going to play Macclesfield, and then the manager pulled me and said, "Oh, you're not playing today." 
uh, Kevin Keegan, um, Arthur Cox are in the stand. You're going to go to Newcastle tonight. The fee's been agreed. So I didn't even know anything about it. I knew teams were watching, but like anybody, you know teams are watching, but I don't really mean anything. So how much say do you get in, in that? If they say, Kevin Keegan's here, you're off later on. Well, when you play for Lincoln in the third division, you don't get any say. Of course. Yeah. Did you have an agent at that point? That I, I, I did have a, an agent. I did have an agent. So obviously he was probably pulling the strings behind the scenes. So I stayed at Kevin Keegan's house that night. Wow. The night before I signed. Which nice was, house? Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> it was all right. Yeah, it was on the... Sir John Owl's estate, so he had a, like a big estate where there was four or five artists, I think, and Kevin Keegan had one. So, yeah, it's a bit of a culture shock. Someone else who definitely did apply themselves and you formed a great partnership with was Dion Dublin at Coventry. Obviously, that was a sign of things to come. How did that partnership come about? Just hard work, hard work. Uh, myself and Dion built up a, you know, people say Coventry's best ever strike partnership, which, mm. you know, in a, a club that's Hundred years over, hundred years old is a real big compliment to myself and Dion. We had like the perfect kind of game. He was a big, tall centre forward, you know, one headers and brought people into the game. And I was a quick, rapid one who got onto the end of his flicks. And but it was just hard work. We used to, at the time, I used to think, you know, what's going on here? Because and everyone else would go home, and it would be me and Dion with all the kids in the afternoon working on flick-ons and combinations and. I mean, like I say, it's only when you get to 26, 27, you realise that Strachan was actually trying to make us better, both of us. Because in that, love. yeah, well, in that season, you know, Dion, Dion got an England squad. He uh, finished Golden Boot winner with 18 goals. I got nominated for Young Player of the Year. Dion got nominated for Player of the Year. So for Coventry, you know, that's like it's unheard of. So as a season. It couldn't have gone any better, really. So you talk about Dion getting called up for England. You played for the England B team, didn't you? Why yeah. did the senior England side evade you? Why do you think that happened? At the time, yeah. there was a lot of good centre forwards, and also there was no way two players from Coventry were going to get picked at the same time. It didn't. It just didn't happen like that. Is it the politics of it? Not, not so much politics. I just think that you know, at that, at that time, it was all Man United players, all Arsenal players, or all Chelsea players, whatever. It did. There was no. I think they do it a bit different now where you know you get players from Bournemouth and yeah. players from all but it just didn't happen. It, which but then but saying that there was some unbelievable centre forwards at that time. So you're talking you know, Fowler, Owen, yeah. Wright, uh Ferdinand, Cole. So what was the timeline of that? That was the season before. Season before, you, yeah. You finished the season with Forest, obviously lost in the playoffs. Lost in the playoffs, yeah. And then over that summer, was that when Norwich first started making some contact? Not really, no. I, I went back to Man City, uh, didn't know what was going to happen. And then we, I think I just got a phone call out of the blue saying Norwich are interested. Did you know anything about Norwich at the time? Not, not a thing. I knew it was miles away. <laughs> I knew <laughs> it was. Yeah. 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 Especially from Manchester, you know, where, where I was at Manchester. It's a good... It's a good five hours, isn't it? Yeah. On a good day. And that was before the, the fixer road. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, at first I was unsure just because I didn't want to leave my family. But as soon as I got down here and started playing it, it kind of changed pretty pretty drastically. I remember reading you saying that I think it was two games in to your loan spell at Norwich that you knew that Norwich was the team. Yeah. How and why? I, I, I don't really know. It was just kind of, it was kind of weird. It, I just, I just had this feeling. I, 
as soon as I get the ball. Fitted into the team or the area or the club. It was very easy fitting into the fitting into the team because it was a it was a load of hardened pros who knew the game properly. Mm -hmm. So you're talking, you know, Flem, Malke, big big Ewan, uh, uh, Gary Holt, and then you've got a a lot of class around that. So you've got Greeny who ended up being an unbelievable goalkeeper. Yeah. Eddie who knew the championship. You had Adzu, you know, best left back back in the league at the time. And I just kind of fitted in straight away, and you kind of you kind of know. And I think if you teammates appreciate you straight away, and that, that's they forget, did. That, you and Robert said that, that they'd hit the jackpot. You yeah. were well, but right? they had Cratchit as well at the same time. Yes, Cratchit yeah. played. Kevin Harper was the other one. It came a bit later on, yeah. Right, yeah, at the same time, Kevin Harper, but then Cooper came right at the end as well. But uh, you just kind of knew. I just uh, it's one of the things where I'd get the ball and then just the crowd would just everyone just stand up. It's mm -hmm. like that is a Darren Huckabee yeah. factor, and it, it just the yeah. sound. But I could feel that as well. Yeah. So it gives you a massive. To fair, I didn't play any different than I played any other club because I did the exact same thing. So it just, I don't just got got, got a, a bond with the the crowd pretty much straight away. How many games did you play with Crabtree? I think he was only here for was it six games on loan. Because he enjoyed his spell as well, but it was a case of would we take you or Crouch permanently? And you obviously yeah. came. I think Crouch was in a probably a bit different place in his career. Though. Yeah. I think he'd gone to Villa and I think he'd, he'd struggled on it. Mm -hmm. So I think this was like a building block for him. And I think obviously kicked on. Crouch was a great player. You know, he really was. He was he's different from any player you could ever come across. You know, he's six foot seven. Great in the air, but also he had an unbelievable first touch. And normally they don't, them two don't go together. Right. Normally, if you're massive, you, you your touch isn't great. You're a bit of a more of a battering man. But Crouchy was unique. I bet he was a good laugh as well. Oh, funny guy! Yeah. He's actually exactly the same now as he was then. He's like, yeah. he's doing well with we podcasts and stuff like that. So. Yeah, he just doesn't take himself too seriously. No, well, he, I don't, I don't think he can when he's six foot seven. <laughs> <laughs> what made the team gel so well? You say you know you had such a good camaraderie. Winning games, yeah. winning games, that's the most important thing. As soon as you start winning games, you get on a bit of a roll. You know, the lads did like a night out, but we were, we were very professional when we, we trained. Mm -hmm. and, you know, Nigel made that clear that you know, you're here to work. And, and I like that. So I think the players had a good rapport with Nigel. Yeah, what was he like to, to play under? He was great for me. He was great for me. He basically just let me kind of do what I wanted. but in the fabric of the team, if that makes sense. So we were very organised. Defensively, we were very good. You know, we had Gary Holt, who would do everyone's kind of running for him. But I kind of had a free free licence to, to play how I wanted to play, as long as it worked for the team. Was that the first time where you felt like you did have a free licence and that freedom? Uh, not really. I, I think a commentary I did. Exactly the same with a, a group of players that were well-schooled, well-drilled, you know, hardened Premier League players. and. I think I kind of added something a little bit different. Yeah. Of running with the ball, trying to beat people. But I think I, by the time I got to Norwich, I kind of 100% knew what I was doing. Yeah. So when I was a bit younger, I used to kind of make silly decisions. I'd, you know, after you beat three players, you try and beat four and five. And, or That's the time to try it, isn't it? It is, but also there's a simple pass on. Yeah. You know, so after you beat three players, there's somebody standing there with an open goal. By the time I got to Norwich, I kind of understood my, uh, not my, my gifts, but 
how to play the game properly. So, yeah. you know, I, I became a lot more creative when I was at when I was at Norwich. Couldn't signed up, but when I was at Coventry and a bit at Leeds, the pressure was always there to score goals. So I'd probably try and do too much to score. But when I was at Norwich, I knew that I knew what was best for for the team and myself. So, you know, I didn't have to score every week. I could create two or three goals and that would be just the same. And that was such a successful loan spell. You really had that relationship with the fans. How did it feel knowing that was coming to an end? Because Man City didn't want you to leave permanently at that time, did they? Uh, I, don't, I don't think they were that bothered, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest with you. Why not? And how come it wasn't there for such a smooth sort of process of getting you yeah. over Because the, the, the magical unveiling of Darren Huckabee was yeah, Christmas uh, Eve or Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think there's a few things. I think there's a few things. Uh, Man City obviously knew I had a value, mm -hmm. which whatever it was ended up being like a million pounds or something. Uh, my agent, I don't think ever thought that Norwich was a club for me. Is it? It wasn't big enough at the time. Uh, or it wouldn't make him a big enough percentage. Well, it, it could be anything like that. Couldn't it? You know, whatever, whatever happens, Norwich weren't going to pay me as much as other places, which means my agent wasn't going to get paid as much. Did that bother you personally? Uh, well, being paid as much, or yeah, I know well, you yeah, everyone wants to get, everyone, everyone, yeah, 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 everyone wants to get paid as much as they can, yeah. realistically. It's a short career, yeah. But I, I didn't want because I think my agent came out and said, Oh, um, Norwich aren't big enough for, for me, and all this kind of stuff. So I had to come out and say, Look, nobody decides my future, yeah, you know, I, I employ my agent. He doesn't employ me. Well, a lot of the time at the minute now, you see the agent speaking for the footballers right. and the footballers not saying anything. You know, I I, the, the, so. the game's changed a little bit in that regard, but there's no way that anyone was dictating what I was going to do. So I, I came out and made that clear that you know, it's only going to be one decision, it'll be mine. But, but you still, it's not tough, but you still, there's still got other things behind the scenes that have got to be sorted out. You know, wages have got to be paid. Yeah, yeah and, and is there a story behind how Norwich came to a fall with you? Was there, it, it wasn't just a sort of straight risk, was, I think, was it fan funded or directly mm. funded? No, there was uh, one bloke paid paid for it, Carl Moore. I, I didn't know at the time, but I probably found out about a year and a half later. Really? Wow. Inside Duffield, I found out at the time I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have signed. But that is how much Norwich fans wanted you yeah, to sign. Yeah, which is unbelievable from, from him, but can you imagine if we didn't get promoted and then how would you have paid back? So you didn't know he was paying your way? No, I didn't. Have How did you find out? Someone told me on a night out sometime. He said, oh, cock. I was like, hey, what do you mean? Wow. I was like, well, this can't go on, can it? It was strange. Did you have a conversation with him about that then? I spoke, I spoke to him many times over the years about it. Because he probably, you know, he probably changed my changed my life, really. The, the direction of, my, definitely my later life, you know, the last 15 years. But it's strange. I was. I didn't even know that that kind of thing happened. Yeah, well, it, it didn't really, did it? That is how much he obviously wanted you to come to Norwich, yeah. and Norwich fans would have been were so happy that you did. And there was that unveiling on the pitch with Delia and Michael. How did it feel to come back? I knew that I was coming back to a team that that could win win the championship. It's not nothing was guaranteed. Mm -hmm. You know, I took a a massive gamble, really, financially, a massive gamble to come to come back here. But I just had I just had hundred percent belief in the my teammates and the fans. I was just ready to go again. I was just obviously when, in that time I was away. They signed Leon McKenzie and mm -hmm. Matty Svensson, so that added to an already good squad. 
So, yeah, I just, I was coming back to work. I was coming back to win the league. That, coming back home? Not at the time, because it wasn't really my home. It was like, you know, I'm always, I'm a Nottingham lad. I always envisaged that I was going to end up living in Nottingham. That's, but it just felt, it just felt like we're here to, to win the league. That's why straight away we come back and, and just we went just, top at, Forget where we were. We're top at Portland Road, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Leon, yeah, yeah. Leon scored two. How did Leon that feel? Two. It was his debut, wasn't it? He scored two on his debut. Two on his debut, yeah. I'd say I wasn't actually a Norwich player then, was I? Mm -hmm. So I'd already gone back. Right. I'd already gone back and then was just, you know, even even on Saturday after, I came on Boxing Day, to, but even Christmas Eve, it was nothing had been sorted. Wow. So it wasn't like we, we had it all planned, like we were going to do a, a massive unveiling. We're just trying to keep it under the. Literally, until Christmas Day, nothing would have been done. Did you think it might not happen up to then then? Or were you quite sure, no, this is what's going what's to be for me? Yeah, because I, I had a few offers. Obviously, after my loan finished, I think West Brom were also trying, yes, to, were. trying to go up at the same time. I had a couple of Premier League teams that were sniffing about. I spoke to uh, West Brom. And that would have been closer to home for you then? Yeah, right, yeah. I, spoke, I spoke to West Brom, no, not really. I spoke to... And it was Gary Megson, who I knew from Lincoln because he came on loan at Lincoln when I was a young kid. Yeah. And I, I just basically said to him, look, I'm only going back to Norwich. Mm -hmm. So that's, it doesn't matter you know, what you're trying to chuck at me. I'm not going to try and negotiate anything. Did anyone try and resist that? Well, he just said, we'll offer you more money or this, this. I could, I'm only going to go back to Norwich this season and I'm only going to go back to Norwich. So I even said to Man, Man City at the time, I said, look, you're going to have to sort something out with Norwich because if not, I'm not going, I'm just going to sit here till the end of the season and then I'll, I'll, I'll look at it again. But I'm not going to keep going from place to place to place. So And that move did come around, didn't it? It did, and the, uh, the sense of excitement in the city that year, because mm. it had been a long time, Terrible. long time since we'd we dropped down, you know, mid-90s back to what was the first division at the time. Yeah. So, you know, everyone really got behind that team, didn't they? Yeah, uh, uh, looking back, I think you know, it was a really important time for the club because it's one of them where... If it, if it don't happen then, when does it happen? Yeah. When does it happen? Because everything has to fall into place. You have to have a super back four, which we did have, and greener. You have to have the players fall into place. And obviously, I, I, I came on loan. You signed Leon. You had Croucher. Ewan's coming to his last year. So it has to fall perfectly. And you think if that didn't fall perfectly, it could be another 15 years before you, mm. before you get anywhere near the Premier League. So I, I think it was a really important time for the club. And that kind of lifted everyone's expectation, I think fans. Because after that, I think everybody thought we can get promoted again, whether it was later on down the line with Lambert or you just had this feeling that the fans' expectations had changed. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think from, from then it's, it's been up and down ever since, hasn't it? as in trying to get to the Premier League, coming down from the Premier League, going back to the Premier League. Why has it been so up and down? We don't spend as much money as everybody else, yeah. and that's not a bad thing. You know, you sign that, but we are might be a yo-yo club for forever. But at least you're seeing the highs and the lows. At least you're seeing the highs of the Premier League. Some teams have not been there for. I was having a spat with somebody on Twitter yesterday, a Forest fan. Not another spat on Twitter. And he, he was <laughs> saying you'll you'll never stay in the top league if you go up, you come back down. I was like, well. Surely that's what every championship club wants to do. But we, we can all see what's being built though, can't we? This model of, of self-sustainability. How I think, impressed are you with that? I think everybody else sees that as well. 
yeah. I think if you're, if you, unless you're stupid, you see that we're trying to do it the right way. Whether it'll be perfect every time or every season, maybe not. But at least we're trying to do the right thing. And it, I guess it's, it gives you a sense of actual real pride if, if you know, like academy players coming through and we'll come on to talk about, you know, some of the work that you do at the academy and some of the guys that have come through. But, you know, going out, splashing millions and then, and then getting success. If you've built that from the ground up, it must feel different. You know, what have you experienced that side of things? I would say definitely for the fans. Definitely the fans, you know, would look at it this way. We bought Wolfwinkle for £9 million. That went well. <laughs> You've got Adam Ida, who could go on to be just as good as it cost you nothing. And did so, you work with him when he was even younger in the youth setup, Adam Ida? Yeah, he, he started off at, when I was manager doing the 16s. When did you know he was going to be ready for, for you know, first team football, potentially? You always knew he was good, whether he whether it kicks on, you just you, you don't really know until they're in that in first team environment. But you, the good players always stand out, always. So, not maybe sometimes, maybe not straight away because some have to develop at different levels. But a good player is always a good player. Yeah, and, and coming back to you, talking of good players, so obviously you came back to Norwich on a permanent deal, helped and played a huge part in in promotion to the Premier League. Do you feel that that was when you then arrived and you were, you were showing fans that yes, you are a Premier League player by then? I'd like to think that they knew that already. Yeah. Knew, I think they, they knew that already. Are there any doubters that, out there right now? That probably is. All, all, always. Well, that's, the, that's the nature of the game we're in. You know, some people love you, some people don't like you. That's that's it. All you can do is do your best. And it could be people who, you know, watch this, thought I was rubbish all the way through. I doubt and, it. No, but you, you, all you can do is control what you can control. And, I think if you, at the end of the at the end of your career, people look at your body of work, the games you played, and the goals you scored. It's all to, it's there for all to see. If they like you, like if they don't, they don't. It took a long time that season for the first win to come, didn't it? I can't remember exactly 13, 14, yeah. 15 games, something like that. Was how did Nigel Worthington kind of manage your belief as a squad then that that first win would come and you guys, because you've got a lot of draws. So yeah, in, in the Premier League, uh, fact of the matter is we didn't have a centre forward. We didn't have a centre forward. We don't know. We had Leon. We ended up buying Ash in January, didn't we? Yeah. If we'd have bought, if we'd have bought Ash in the start of the season, we'd have stayed up comfortably. I think we drew eight in the first thirteen games. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Which is ridiculous, really. If you turn, if you turn two of them into wins, we we stayed safe, comfortable by the end of the season. So because it, it was probably a a chance missed because at the end of the day we we didn't. Spend any money? We, I think we paid three million for Ash, which, you know, the grand scheme of things, isn't a lot of money, is it? Mm. To to keep you in the Premier League. Yeah, of course. So the you know the rewards of staying in the Premier League are obvious. But he, so he came in. Yeah, I remember now. He came in in that break, the mid-season break. Yeah. Was was quite a lot of speculation about him arriving. Did you know much about him as a player before he came? No. Obviously, I played against him at Crew. I think. We, no, I think he scored against us when when uh, Ewan scored his last two goals for the club, yeah. played away, he was playing for crew. Because he was a good player. Uh, I didn't realise how good he was until we got him and got him fit. And that took a bit of time because he was not the fittest kid in the world. He'll tell you the same. He was a big strong man, isn't he? <laughs> he was, yeah, he was, you could say that, <laughs> but he, was, he, was, he wasn't ready for how we trained. Literally, he was not physically not ready at all. Did you have to help him adapt then? 
yeah, we, we certainly did. We, we <laughs> myself, Craig Fleming, and a few of us, he took a little bit of stick. <laughs> Craig Fleming giving out stick, come yeah. Really? But he, uh, the funny thing about Ash is, he came in, he said, oh, uh, Dario didn't used to make me train Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. I was like, what do you mean? You're like 19 years old, 20 years old. He said, oh, no, he, he used to give me them days off and I'd be ready for as long as I'm ready for the weekend. Wow. I'm like, you're in a bit of trouble here. Mate. <laughs> Good luck. You're in a bit of trouble here because we, we work hard. Yeah. And as soon as he got himself fit, I can remember the first game. It was uh, away at Villa. Yeah, I was there. And he did, his, he did the warm-up and literally he couldn't hold a brief. <laughs> no, he said, like, this is the tightest I've ever been. He scored an own goal. He did, yeah. After about two minutes, didn't it? It was like 10 minutes. I'm like, good God, what have we, yeah, oh, yeah, no. what have we signed here? Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as he got himself fit and realised, you know, what levels he needed to be at, you know, what a player. Well, his first goal was the Middlesbrough game, not long after that, yeah. the, uh, the Adam Drury game. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say it's my game because I, I set up yes, four goals was. that game. Yes, it was. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was the Adam, Adam Drury game, yeah. He uh, doesn't uh, score many, does he? He dimes <laughs> off that one still, yeah. It comes up occasionally. Yeah, so, so Dean, he scored and, and obviously then went yeah. on to, to score a few important goals. The, the header against Newcastle was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> From about 30 yards ahead. Yeah. And he scored a, a good goal against Man United as well and beat them 2-0. Uh, he was just a you know, good player. Had a good, he had a good understanding with Leon. Mm-hmm. But just a real good player. Just like, you know, I've played with some real good centre forwards over the years, or been around real good centre forwards. So obviously Dion, Goats a little bit, Alan Shearer, Lethal, and, and he, was, he was up there. So that first season back up in the Premier League obviously didn't go to plan. Why do you think we struggled so much to then return to the top tier again? Because it went the other way, of course. Yeah. yeah. Truthfully, you're only as good as the players you've got. Mm-hmm. Don't kid yourself that if you've got a rubbish player, you ain't winning nothing or you ain't doing well. That's, that's what it's down to. So we sold Ash. Yeah. Which was fair enough because you know he wanted to go and back play in the Premier League and. But we got Earnshaw with the Ashton money. Yes. We got uh, so Ash goes early comes in as a completely different type of player. Mm. And when you, when you look about Ash going, I know the fans weren't happy at the time, but he was his career was finished two years later or a year and a half later. So you have to show sometimes you've just got to take what you can because you never know what's coming around the corner. So then mm. we got Ernie, who's who's a good player. Uh, we, we, we were kind of building, we were a few players away and then Peter Grant came. Basically three of my best players were sold within a week and a half or something like that. So Robert Earnshaw, Eustace Afret and Dixon too yeah. went within a week and a half. Of, what does that do to the dressing room? I was fuming. Yeah, when you're a bit outspoken. Oh no, I was fuming, yeah. Because how I look at it, you know, I'm, I'm basically staying, at, staying there every year trying to push the club on, yeah. taking pay cuts every year to stay at the club. And then three players just leave within a week and a half, three of your best players. I, I think I was I was injured at the time. I was like, I'm going to go and do the press today. So I was when I did, I said, what, what do you expect us to, you know? And I, I got a bit of stick from the Norwich fans saying, why, why is he coming out and saying this? Because, you know, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of just losing good players. It wasn't like you lost one player. You lost three of your best players within a week and a half. Whether, they, whether it's down to them or it's down to the club, it was too easy for players to leave. It was too easy for good players to leave this club at a time when we was meant to be trying to push on. At that time, I thought it was one player, maybe two players away from having a real good squad, as in I think we needed a goalkeeper. 
and we maybe needed a right back. And we got John Assemble around that time. But we was a couple of players from being, not like a, to go win it, but at least to be in the near the playoffs. And then you sell the heart in midfield and the centre forward is going to score you 25 goals. And I was like this, I was like, what's the point? What's the point? I'm like working day in, day out with the rest of the squad and then three players can leave within a week and a half. And by, by speaking about it publicly, were you hoping for some sort of reaction? Or were you just venting? I don't know, I was just venting, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know what the outcome would be, but I, I just, I can remember I was sitting there and then I think, so Robert, I think early went to Derby, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Went to Derby, and then I think Saf told me he said, oh, "I'm going to." Did you go Southampton? Yes, he did. Yeah. Southampton. Then Dixon went to Fulham, didn't he? Yeah. And it, Take the word for that one. Can't yeah. Because yeah, he played in the in the UEFA final after that. Yeah. With Fulham. So I'm just sitting there thinking, I can. What what chance we got, or what chance has the manager got, when three of his best players are going at the same time? And I felt a bit for granted because. Even though he did things that weren't right in the end, but that was, wasn't down to, it was just because he wanted to do so well. But what chances has the manager got when three of his best players leave? How did it? the other lads react to your, you know, I don't call it an outburst, but... Yeah. It, it was an outburst, it was an outburst, especially to the press. Yeah. I don't even know if they knew that everyone was going at that time. I, I think I just... I think they I did just after laid, that. I think I just laid it out of the bag. <laughs> but, uh, look, every squad, knows that you need your best players. So if, if you're losing three of them, we still have some half-decent players, but from then on, you don't expect to do anything if you... If Did it make you assess your future in Norwich? No. Why no, not? No, because I would never have left this club on my own accord, ever. Did you get any flack from the hierarchy for the fact that you were so open with the press about how you felt? I think, I, I can't remember Definitely, but I think someone from the media bit said you, you can't say that. I guess well, I say what I want. I've always been the same. I'll just say what I want. Yeah. If I think it's right and it's not, it's not bringing anybody else down or you know, disrespecting the club. It wasn't disrespecting the club. It was more. I just felt for the manager because how can you build a team when you three three best players go within a week? Yeah. Well, I suppose that's different to the way. You know, kind of like Stuart Weber, and, and they talk about it at the moment of a, a succession plan. So if one goes, they already know who the next one is coming out. And that we obviously... didn't have that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to come back to, to you and how your career at Norwich ended, actually, because you talked about you played under Peter Grant and Nigel Worthington. It was Glenn Roder who you played with, who played under um, when it did come to an end. How and why do you think you left Norwich? <sighs> Well, it kind of started in uh, Pete Grant's last season. So, at the start of the season, I was just doing normal training session. I felt something in my hip. And I thought, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. So, it just, just carried on, it, and it kind of got gradually worse. So, I, I didn't really start Pete Grant's last season because I, I was injured. And I just didn't know what it was. So, I ended up going to see a, a specialist, and they, they, they ended up saying that I had a a tear in my, in my hip, well, in my labrum, which is like the hip joint. So I had a, a tear in that. So I just, I just said, I'll just inject it and carry on playing. And by the time at the end of that, Peter ended up getting, or walking away. By the way, Peter Grant, great bloke. Yeah. Real great bloke. I think he was dealt a couple of poor hands when he was here, but also 
I think the pressure of being a manager got to him a little bit and he made some things that he probably wouldn't do now. What like? Numerous things, numerous things. He wanted it so much, we'd end up doing, I can remember one game, I think it was QPR away or, or QPR, so it was definitely London. On the day of the game, we did end up doing a two and a half hour training session, which is just like, because it doesn't, it, doesn't you want it, now. Oh, want, <laughs> no, you, normally on a day of the game, you do 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah. We end up doing, two, we end up, yeah, we end up doing a two hour session, transferring games, so like people working really hard. I think because he wanted to do so well, mm. he just made bad decisions. And that's just because it was his first job. He used to play for Norwich. And he's a, he's a great bloke and a great coach. But he, I think it just pressure got to him a little bit. I vaguely remember now you mention it. And it is just a sign, really, that he probably just won a bit too much. And, uh, of Norwich having two games in quick succession and being offered the chance to move the second one a day later. And he went, no, 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 we'll, we'll do it. We'll yeah. fulfil the fixture. That's a... Uh, I've got a lot of time for Peter, he's a, he's a top bloke, knows his football inside and out, but the, the pressure when you give a manager is a different kind of pressure. As a senior member of the team then, did you feel like it was your position to maybe speak to him and question some of the decisions he was making? I don't really know how it works. At the time, no, when it, when it come right to the end of it, because I, like I, said, I was struggling with my hip a little bit. So by the time I came back, really, he was just about to get get the sack. So it's one thing where I think I was actually in London seeing the specialist when he we got the phone call. The physio said that he's actually left. So it's like, could you see that coming? I think the pressure was building. Yeah, I see it. I, I see it. Yeah, you see it building, and then like I say, it's not it's, it's not a very nice place when things aren't going well and the manager's getting a lot of stick. You know, we we saw it with. Nigel, he, he took a lot of stick near the end as well. Sort of with Peter, and then. How does that affect the players, especially if you've got a good relationship with that manager? The Nigel Wilmington one was odd because I, you know, I, he was successful. You know, did a lot for the club, and I think he got kind of handed out in the end. Why? Fans, like I say, it's probably expectation. If it had been South Africa, because if we hadn't got to the Premier League, fans would probably just been happy mid-table in the championship, 12th in the championship. A victim of his own success, maybe? Well, kind of, but yeah, it's, really, it's really difficult. Sometimes it might try to shelf off anyway. You can only go on for so long and before you have to make a decision either way, whether you're doing really well and you have to go to another club to improve or you're doing badly and someone else has to come and... I can remember when Nigel, we got, we was, uh, we beat Barnsley 5-1. You remember that game? We beat him yeah. five on early scored two, I think. I got injured at the end of that game and I didn't play again. We were second in the league. I didn't play again until Nigel's last game when we lost to Burnley. So I, in my head, I'm thinking if I'd have been fit for them games, he wouldn't have got yeah. sacked. Did you feel, did you, I mean, you can't feel guilty for being injured. No, I did feel guilty, yeah. Did you? I, did, I played that game when I wasn't even fit the last one because we all knew that if we lost that game, Nigel was going to get sacked. Yeah. And you couldn't really... could, could have made it kind of clear that that's what was going to happen. There was a lot of I think it was Nigel Hart, there was marching and everything, wasn't there? Yeah, so yeah. I played in that game when I probably wouldn't shouldn't have done, but I just played in it because I just thought. You wanted it that much for him, did you? Yeah, because he you know he did a lot for me. He brought me here, he changed the like I said, the course of of my life really. Was so, he the best manager you played under then? No, Gordon Strachan, but I could what made him so great? He's he's probably the only one of the only managers where he actually cared if you if you got better as a player. 
Now every player you play for him has uh, as it improved. You know, yeah. Dion, all the back four, even Gary Cash a little bit. He's the only manager I played under who cared if you got better. Every other manager has been so that Saturday. Well, while, while we're on managers, um, I just want to come on to Glenn Rhoda because you were quite vocal when you left about how you felt about him. How do you feel that he handled your your time at the club and how it ended? And uh, you can be really honest. Yeah, <laughs> my departure, there was bits in it, but my, my departure from, from this club should never have happened the way it did. Yeah. Not sure actually, actually not getting a new contract because that's football. If you, you, you have a year contract, you come to end of it, the, the manager decides what's happening. But there's stuff in that, that final year that I don't think this club should have let that happen. Like what? As in, halfway through the season, I got called into his office. He said, uh, we've, agreed it, we've agreed terms with Crystal Palace, you're going on loan to them. Was that the first you'd heard about it? Yeah, this was this was probably five months before the end of the season. Probably. After everything you've done. Yeah. And I wasn't in the team at the time. I said, not interested. I'll prove to you that I can get back in this team. Because it's already sorted. You've just got to speak to, I think it was Warren was there at the time. I guess I'm not going. I'll ring him and tell him I'm not coming. I'll do that. I'm not probably. No. But I said, I'll, be, I'll, I'll get myself back in this team before the end of the season. Was he open to letting you try and do that though? He didn't didn't say. I just I just said I will I will get back in this team for the end of the season, and then it's up to you to decide what. Did you have that drive to kind of prove him wrong, or was it just for your? I, I didn't have to prove him wrong. I knew I knew what I could do. So in my head, I've not got to prove him wrong. All I can do is play how I play. You know, he used to do like crazy things. He used to play me on the right. Yeah. And he played. I've always played on the left, and he knew that I preferred playing on the left. But I didn't know if he was doing it on purpose to wind me up. Or to try and make me look bad. It's kind of really weird. Does that really happen in the game with the manager's sabotage? I don't know. Normally I'd say no, but through some of the things he was doing. Did you have those conversations though and ask him why he was doing what he was? I didn't think there was any point. Because if I'm in the team, I'm just going to get on with it. Because I don't pick the team, the manager does. But in my head, I'm thinking, you know and I know that I'm better on the left. Yeah. All the fans saying, know. And you say that he knew what he was doing on the training ground or...? or... I, I thought he was a, a good coach, Glenn Rhoda. I really did. I thought he was a good coach. I thought his, his staff were great. But as a person, that's where he's, that's where everything fell apart from, especially here. I don't know what it was like at his other clubs, but as a, as a person and his, and his attitude to everybody. How did your teammates feel about him? Because you obviously had a very personal experience with him, but how, how did they feel? What was what was his kind of popularity? My, my, my teammates aren't daft. They know they know good players and they know bad players. They know, you know, I think I saw an interview with Mike Patterson, he said, I'm the best player he's ever played with. Yeah. And he was there at that time with Rhoda. Yeah. So he must have saw me playing on the right. You know, I trained on the left all the time. That's how I always played. Yeah. And I just kind of, I, I didn't know if he was doing it on purpose. Did it feel really personal? It did a little bit, but you know, I, I, like I say, I'm a good pro, so I just get on with it. So there's no way you can have done anything to wind him up. It just literally no, was... no, literally. You ask anybody who's ever teammates, and you know, I'm kind of outspoken. I, I don't, you know, I say what I think, but there's no malice in it. I just, I just crack on. But, the, 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 but that does happen. Don't get me wrong. That happens in in football. But the way it actually happened right at the end, 
you know, that, that, that should never happen. How sad was that? Obviously, you put so much of your, your life and soul into Norwich City and for it to end that way. How did that make you, well, and also your family feel? I didn't think it was going to end that way. I literally, even when I got to end the scene, I got back in the, back in the team. Yeah. Was, so you did get back in? Yeah, I, played, I was in, having an injection in my hip, but I could get on with that, it's not a problem. I got back in the team, I scored on the last day of the season. Yeah. We lost. We, yeah, we should have done, but we, we, we actually played really well that game. It was a good day because we'd secured safety like the week before or something, yeah. and Hillsborough, they, they'd sold out because Wednesday still needed to get yeah. something. So, you know, a sold out Hillsborough, yeah. however many thousand us, beach balls going everywhere, and you scored and we won the last. Dion's last game. There yeah. you go, Dion's last ever football game. And we knew it was Dion's yeah. last And game. you didn't know it was yours? No, no, I, literally, I, I, in my head, in my head, I thought, right, I'm back in the team, I'm playing really well. Uh, um, the future was brighter. Not, not, not brighter, but you know, what was that? Thirty-one, thirty-two. Still, fit, still fits in the team by a country mile. So you, you couldn't. The hip was okay at that point. It was all right. Don't get me wrong. I was having injections in it, and it, but I could get by with it. I could, I could get by with it, and then so the season finishes. We, that was, you know, I, I'm still under contract. Literally, I'm, I'm thinking, well, they're gonna. They're either going to offer me something or... Had you got an inkling of how that might no, go? No, I, I, well, I thought I was going to be the end of contract. Yeah. Or I thought they'd at least speak to me about another contract. Yeah. They could have offered me, oh, I'll offer you 500 quid a week. And then it's up to me to say, oh, no, because I'm... The offer was on the table. Yeah, right? something. They could have... But I can remember, this is exactly how it happened. We were doing testing. I think it was on the Monday. We were doing testing. So I was actually on the running machine. I found out that two of the physios had just been sacked. So... Mm. Rod, who looked after the young ones. Pete Shaw, who had looked after the first team. They'd been sacked. But he was calling players in at the time. So he, he calls me in. This was at 11 o'clock. I can remember it. I walk in. How are you feeling when you're walking in? I don't know. I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm just going in. He goes, uh, this, is, this is how blunt it was. He goes, oh, we're, we're not new, renewing your contract. Thanks a lot. No, wow. That was it. No, no, it's, that was it. We've been. <laughs> What do you say to that? I go, okay then. And, and walk out. So this is, walk out. Did I you try and question him about why? No. No, I, well, no point, is there? There's no point. So I, I'm kind of thinking, well, that didn't go quite as well as I thought it was going to go. <laughs> lads, guess what? So it gets worse. It gets worse. I, I walk out and also all the lads know I've just gone in. So I come out and say, I sit back and all in. No way. It's like, and I get a phone call. This is a, Six minutes past eleven. I think I know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and it's Mrs. Yeah, she goes, "What's going on?" I goes, "What do you mean?" I didn't even spoke to her. She don't know nothing. So I'm just. She goes, "Oh, it's just come on Sky Sports that you've been released with wow. with a load of kids. Um, it came on Sky." So I'm thinking, "This is it's been set up on it." So, so eleven o'clock, they're gonna have night meeting, and by five past, it was on. Were you fuming? <sighs> yeah, I was fuming, but I was more. Angry that it didn't have to be this way. It didn't have to. It didn't have to. You know, we've had five good years. I've played a year twice. You know, the, the club knew what sacrifices I've made over the year to stay here. Yeah. Every year, and I the fans knew that. Yeah, well. every year I could have gone somewhere else. On sometimes double the money I was on here. So I chose because you know I loved it. Here. I loved playing for the club. I loved the fans. And it didn't have to. It didn't have to happen this way because I'm not that type of. It did pull me in and say, look. We're going a different direction. We're going to do this, this, and this. I'd be, I won't be happy about it, but just the way they did it, it was like 
Really? Are you really putting it on Sky with that? Why do you think it was done like that? I just think it was done. I, I honestly can't believe that Delia and everyone else would have, would have wanted it done. I, I, it's, it's just not either way they are. Yeah. But it's how road it was. So I think they just tried to do it, wait to see the finish and then try and just flush it under the, under the put it under the carpet so no one really, no one really. It's so frustrating though, because at you know, the end of that Hillsborough game, Dion, he also got this brilliant reception as he went off after the game, comes over to the fans where we are. But we were obviously all giving Dion the send off, mm -hmm. but we were watching you as well, like a hawk. What's Huckabee's body language? What's he doing? Is he coming and you didn't over? even know at the time. I didn't know what to do. And the thing is, I, and, I didn't want it, and I didn't want it to be about me. I didn't, yeah. but I wanted it to be about Dion because you know, Dion had played 700 games. He was 40 years old. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Do I? Because I honestly thought that I would still be here. Mm. I thought they'd come to me and say, look, you're getting a bit older. Uh, you, you're, coming to, you're coming to the end of your career a little bit. I'm not quite to the end, but I was 31, 32. And said, look, we can only afford to give you this. Which they've done numerous every other year. Mm -hmm. And I've always said, yeah, I'll sign it. Not a problem. Start about the money. Because he wasn't about the money at that time. He really wasn't. But to not even... And then to do it the way... Was they, there, there was no offer at all? No, nothing at all. Not, not, not one. Did you have a plan B in case that would be the case? Or no. you hadn't even thought that far? No, no I thought, not even thought... And then obviously that happens in the way it's happened. You know, I still, after that, I still had offers from a couple of Premier League clubs, some Championship clubs. But I obviously made the decision that if I, if I'm not, I'll never play against Norwich. And how upsetting was it to end it like that, to not get that farewell? It's, it's not so much a farewell. It was just the way the way it was handled. It, you know, I was always going to be around anyway, eventually, because this is my home now. And, Great relationship but with the club it, still. It, it kind of like, it was done in a vindictive way. Is that how you felt? Do you think it was vindictive or do you think it was just like a lack of consideration? Was, okay. It's not the same, is that not the same thing? Vindictive is deliberate, it's... Well, I'm, it well, I'm telling you now, putting it on Sky at five past and telling me at 11, 11. And for your that, wife to have found out on Sky Sports News. Yeah, and I was thinking, it's, it's, it's even strange that she's watching Sky. Sky Sports, <laughs> what's going on channel, there? I must say. I'll tell you what, if Twitter, if you'd been on Twitter, you'd lose it at this point, it could have been there. So how, how much does that, looking back on your, your career at Norwich, obviously the loan spell and, and then the permanent move, how much does the end tarnish your memories? No, not, not one little Good. bit. Not one little bit. Actually, you know, the, the season after they got relegated to League One. Yeah. And I'd like to think if I was playing, that would never happen. Of course. No, but, but <laughs> no. In, my, in my own head, that's yeah. what I think. So I th thought... How did you feel seeing that? Was there a part of you that was kind of like, okay, look what happened? Or were you sad because of I was sad, yeah, it's really sad. Because at the time I was, you know, I was still close to a lot of the players. Yeah. You know, Shaq, Doc, uh, Ad. Must have been no, so frustrating to, yeah, I, used to, used to I think Ad was injured at the time, so he didn't play much that relegation season, did yeah. he? Yeah. I think he did his knee. But I speak to Ads all the time and, you know, it's a club, it's a club you love and it's, I could see it like, deteriorating and that's not just because I, I wasn't there but you know you lose a couple of big characters in that dressing room you lose you know myself and Dion and I, you know, I still love the club I had, like I said I got season tickets from the from the day I left went and bought t tickets for the next season even though you know I wasn't going to be there all the time because I was, was going to be in America I didn't know at the time but I, I still had season tickets but like I say just the way it was handled it it does happen, but it didn't have to happen because there's been so much good in that five years. And I think I was well respected by everybody at the club, yeah, apart from 
it seemed one person, which... And he had quite a lot of influence. Well, it did, yeah, because we stayed up. Yeah. And it, a lot of it was, you know, he brought some good players in and we stayed up. But, you know, I'm sure he's one person can't dictate how someone's treated. When, you, when you've got a relationship with 25, 30,000 fans plus, you know, Delia, Michael, all the other staff that were around the club at the time. And that, and that wish, obviously, to never play against Norwich. Just going to say that. Just going to say that. You're like, right, <laughs> we're on the I same wavelength. Like... Where, where, where can I go? What can I do? How did the next move then come about? Because I was, I was in a. I was told my agent that he was like not too happy about it. I said, well, you know, let's I try and go abroad. Let's try MLS. Weather's good. Yeah, <laughs> but that nearly didn't work out either because I don't know if you know the rules over there, but a, a team can own you without you even. Wanting to go there. How? I think it's, I don't know if it's the same now, but the rules were that you could put like a, a dibs on a player. <laughs> no, they did. So Toronto got, so they find out that. Shotgun. <laughs> so that, Toronto was to find out that I was out of contract. And so the, you can do that every year. So you could put on, I think it was 10 players. And if they end up coming to the MLS, you own the rights to them. So I was like, right. So I End up speaking to San Jose, which was Frank Yallop, who used to be used to play for Ipswich. Yeah. So, got in contact with him, and I said, "You know, I'm more than interested in coming." But he said, "But Toronto, and you're right. So we're going to have to buy you off Toronto, even though I'm no intention of going to Toronto." Were you familiar with these teams at the time? Like, you know, did, did you know much about the MLS? I knew a bit, bit about the MLS, yeah, but not. I knew where the teams were. I didn't know who played for more, whereabouts the stadium were, or anything like that. So I ended up going to Toronto just to speak to them, really, because I had no choice because they owned me. And then I went to uh, San Jose. And then San, San Jose, you know, I think they ended up paying I think 100 grand for me or something, which is like daft in it when I was on a, mm. on a free transfer. And uh, yeah, I ended up going, uh, going there. But at one point, I was like, well, I ain't going to. Even though Toronto is lovely, when you go there, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. Honestly, a beautiful place. I was like, I didn't, I didn't sign up to this. And I was like, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go where I want to go. Slightly different climate to San Jose, Toronto. <laughs> yeah, San Jose is a lovely place as well. In between, it's like in between LA and San Francisco, a bit closer to San Francisco, but what a place. Did you have to talk your family into that move, or was it something you were really excited about? They didn't go. No, they stayed there. But obviously, the, how the season worked. He was back for Christmas. Uh, the eight-week holiday, nine-week school holiday was in that, so they could come out and have like a two-month holiday there. Was it hard having that distance? Yeah, really difficult, yeah. Was really. it worth it, did you think, with what you were getting out of playing? Kind of worth it. Kind of worth it. It's, it's kind of... You don't realise until you're... You go somewhere. So basically, I'd go to training, finish training or whatever, half one, two, and I wouldn't see it, see anybody I knew mm. till training the next day. What would you do? Just go home and, and watch telly and just keep yourself busy? Well, Looking, it was quite nice outside. So, you know, <laughs> sunbathe. Sunbathe, yeah, sunbathe or <laughs> I'd, I'd go and get a coffee. To me, the lads were good as gold there. So they used to, you know, we used to have a coffee club and lunch club and all that kind of stuff. To, but it was, uh, it was it, not easy, not easy. It's not like here where you, wherever you go, you, you kind of, Kind of know people. Yeah. It's like well, Norwich is like that yeah. anyway, really. Isn't Luckily it? enough, I had a 
I got a phone call when I was when it had been agreed. I got a phone call from someone saying, oh, "No, someone at the club said, oh, uh, just give this bloke a ring.'" I was like, "Right, that's a bit weird." He's a, he's an associate director at Norwich. So I was like, "I can't." But he's in, he lives in San Jose. So I was like, "Is this like is this legit or what?" So I, I gave him a bell. He said, "Yeah, I'm a big Norwich fan, an associate director. Uh, I live near San Jose, just up the road." When you come over, give me a bell and I'll be settling. Mm-hmm. So I went over there and their family really looked after me. You know, I used to go around there for Sunday lunch. Yeah, Andrew Kells, he's sadly passed away now, but his wife Sue, his three kids. I was like, I was like their fourth kid. <laughs> he used to go around and they used to cook me Sunday lunch and we used to go out for food. So it, that, you know, that, that helped massively. You, know, Do they, you look back on that, that time in there less fondly then? Yeah, definitely. It's actually, don't get me wrong, I would have never, ever left Norwich, whatever, on my own accord, never. You'd still be playing now? I don't think I'd be playing now, but <laughs> I had a good two or three years left in there. Yeah, easily. Did, yeah, yeah, easily. Uh, but it was, it was nice to see something different, that's what I would say. It was nice to see a different set of teammates, like, because over there they were completely different. Here, you're at 16, you're in football, that's all you do. Over there, they, you know, they went to college, they got degrees. So there's a different level of intellect in, yeah. the, in the San Jose. Yeah. But it was just all good lads. You know, I, re- I really appreciated that I could do something a little bit different because not everyone does. Did that help you, being in a completely different climate, did that help you kind of get over how your time at Norwich ended? You must have felt miles away from it all. Felt miles away from it. But, Did you ever get over it? Yeah, 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 no, because it, people still remember it. Since, even now, sometimes people say, Rhoda, Rhoda this, Rhoda that. Have like, you seen him since? Yeah, that's another story there. <laughs> no, well, we're here, story, we've got yeah. time for it, please. <laughs> so, when I left, when I left, I, I came back, I, I came back and said, no, if I come, because I was obviously signed over there. I said, would it be all right if I uh, came back and, and, and trained you know, in the off season bit? Mm. He said, yeah, no problem. I was like, okay. So even though it didn't go well, we're still, still on speaking terms. It wasn't like, just, I just cracked on with it. When I was in America, my agent uh, looked after, was it Dejan? Stanovich. Yes, Dejan Stanovich. Yeah, because he was trying to, my agent looked after him. Yeah. And, uh, he goes, would you mind giving Dejan a ring about, you know, the club about uh, Rhoda? Mm-hmm. And I said to my agent, it's probably not the best if I speak to him. <laughs> and I, I just said, so look, I'll tell him about the, the club, but I said, I can't, I can't speak to him about Rhoda the way he is and the way he treated, treated a few players and, and me, because he, he won't sign. And that's well, you could I, have spoken to him, so actually maybe you took the more on high ground by saying you probably won't yeah, want to Yeah, I could have spoken to him, yeah. So I said, I'm not, I'm not going to jeopardise the club signing the player by me, not by Martin Rhoda, okay. but, and I wouldn't buy Martin, I just told him this is how he is. Yeah. So that, that, that was it, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think anything of it, this was, so I came back in the off season, American off season, and said, is it all right if I train again? No, you're bad mouthing me. I just, mm. I ain't spoke to anybody. He goes, your, your agent told Dejan, I guess, look, whatever my agent does is up to him. You know, you told him I'm not a very nice bloke. I was like, 
Well, you're not either, really. <laughs> straight out, straight yeah. out. And he said, oh, you, you, can't, you can't train on the pitches. I said, well, if I can't train on the pitches, what's the point of me even coming in? So I went and I think I trained with lower stops. I went in a couple of times on the... So that was that. And, that, and then after Rhoda got sacked, I saw Deja. So I started speaking to him. He goes, by the way, I should have listened to you. <laughs> I should have listened to you. I goes, look... And I said, I didn't even say anything. The, yeah, the irony of it was, you were trying not to say okay. anything, and it backfired and it, anyway. And the thing is, he ended up signing for the club, because he signed, we didn't, I don't think he played many games, did he? No. no. Yeah. So I probably shouldn't, I probably should have said that, my brother. And it might have saved a few quid as well. <laughs> but just little things like that, it's just... Yeah. It's just so, so that was the end of the Norwich Crew. We've talked then about MLS, and then came coaching. When did you know you wanted to get into coaching? I didn't really, to be fair. It was just one of the things that just popped up. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed working with the younger younger players. Uh, I didn't see myself as a full-on out-and-out coach, if I'm going to be honest with you, because coaching's tough. You know, you have to put in serious, serious hours. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the, the one-on-one stuff. I like the being around the players. I like hopefully passing on a bit of my knowledge, my grit, my work ethic, my professionalism. I think that's what the players I work with, I think that's what they would take out of my kind of coaching style. Do they show you that kind of respect? Like, you know, yeah. Just up a bit, those uh, not, not, not just that, but uh, a lot of times I'll join them with the training and I think they would see that it's not there to play games. I think that's what they'll get. It's hard work. Yeah, it's not just about ability, is it? It's no. about everything that no, comes you've with got it to as have, well. You've got to have the full package. Yeah. There's plenty of players that have got ability. Exactly. And there's plenty, plenty of players who've got mindset who get more out of their ability than people who've got ability. But think to be a top player you've got to have a bit of everything yeah and how did you come to, to work with Norwich Academy then I don't think I just came in a couple of days and then I got kind of offered offered a job with the 16s and I ended up working with the 16s 18s 23s who offered you the job I'm trying to think who was I think Ricky would have been here, Ricky Martin would have been here when I first first got in and then obviously the academy structure changed a few times trying to go for cap one uh, but I, you know like I said I enjoyed my I enjoyed my time here coaching, I really did. How did it come to an end? Because you were here for a couple of years. Was it 2017 that, that you parted ways? From the yeah, I was here for about five or six years, I think. Uh, they just wanted to go a different way, which which I've got you know, no problem with. You know, at the end of the day, the club's always, club's always got to come first for me. Mm-hmm. And it has been all, all the way through. I would, so I, I think, no, don't get me wrong, I, will, I won't do anything for free. And when I played, I won't, pay, I won't do it for free. But I like to think I put the club first in, in, in every near off every decision I've made. And that and that decision, you know, the club thought at the time was, was was right. So how did they explain that to you? Just said we're making changes. And you know, I wasn't the only one, there was four or five people went and you just take it on the chin. You're not happy about it. You know, I, you know, I was lucky enough to work with all the players that have come through now. Yeah, that must be proud. Yeah, not just for me, but for for everyone who was involved, not just the coaches that are still near now, but also the coaches that have, have gone moved on to do other things. So if you were going to sell Norwich, someone calls you up and goes, Darren, I'm thinking of uh, going to Norwich, you know, what would be your selling points? What would you tell them about the club to sell them? Uh, the minute? Mm. Yeah, right uh, I think the structure's as good as you're going to get at the minute. Obviously the fans. Place to live. I think Norwich is an absolutely great place to live. I've lived, in, I've lived all over the country. And this is my second favourite place. <laughs> no, after Nottingham. No, no. I lived in Harrogate. Harrogate's beautiful. Uh, As in, yeah. just, it's not Norwich. Just, just a place to live. Not about 
but Norwich is a, a very, very close second. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's beautiful, it's it's safe. You've got the coast all around you. You know, traffic's not too bad. It's just a great place to live. So I'm, I'm here for good, hopefully. So that's what makes Norwich as a plane special. But what makes Norwich as a football club special to you? It's it's a it's a family club that I think definitely now I think over the last five or six years we've changed again. I think what they're trying to do, bringing the community together, even with bringing the ex players back in a little bit. I think we're we're more one now. Than we've been for a long time as in the, the players, the staff, the community, the fans. I think it's all one, and we're all pushing in the right direction. There'll be times when things don't go well, and you have a few games where. Not everyone's singing from the same hymn sheet, but I do believe that the structure's there now where we can we can push on and whatever happens, we'll deal with it all together. Mm-hmm. Not the football club will deal with it, the fans would I think whatever happens, whether we go up or down, I think we're we're together as one. So unity. Yeah, it's like it's that. like a family. I think yeah. it's more of a family than probably any club club I've been at. What makes it more of a family? I don't know. I think I do generally think that Start probably starts at the top. I think Delia and Michael care about. I know they do. They care about the, the fans. They care about the players. That that's that just you know it just that shows from fir- the first day I got here to even now. You know, still. You know when Etty died, and you know, I sent Delia some flowers, and she sent a lovely note back. Mm-hmm. How much it meant to her. She don't just do that for me. She did it for everybody. Sorry. So. I, I think we've got the right balance between trying to be successful and trying to uh, keep it as a, as a family club. I know people say, oh, we need money, you need money for the next level and all that. If we had a billion pound owner, do you think, do you think we'd have the same atmosphere? Do you think we'd have the same togetherness? I'm not sure. I look at teams like Derby and things like that, Forest, where it's been a shambles for years. And they've tried to go that kind of way. I don't think it's the right fit for this club. Maybe there'll be investment, people come in and add money. But I think the ethos of the club, as a family club, has, has got to be kept, whatever happens. So we're in safe hands? Yeah. But I, what I do know is that Dina and Michael care about every part, every facet of this club, whether it's people working in the canteen, people working in the offices, people that work in the restaurant. She she cares about all of them, and you know, I think that's that's a good thing. You don't get that everywhere. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the All in Yellow podcast, Darren Huckabee. Thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you at Carrow Road soon when when all the fans are finally back. Yeah, it's uh, it'd be nice when we can get back to proper normality. Definitely. You know, fans do make a massive difference, and let's hope we'll still be a top league when they get here. Here, here. Thanks, Darren. Thank, Thank you. you. It's been a real pleasure.